0: Well, let's. uh, I'm recording. Are you recording? I am recording. Nice. To the Hollywood Shuffle podcast, this is yes. episode <laughs> zero. So, I kind of wanted is... to do a, uh, like an introduction of us <clears throat> to people. <throat> so,
1: you my go name first. is
0: Kibian Salazar Moreno. Uh, people just call me Q. Uh, I am a writer, journalist, and who are you, Star?
1: <laughs> Wait, is Kibian? I can't believe I've been calling you Kribi. <laughs> It's okay. <laughs> oh my God, I'm so terrible. <laughs> okay, No I know. Latin, duh. Kivion, got you. Um, yes, yes, yes. My name is Starween Rock, and I have been an entertainment journalist for years now. It's how I met Kivion. And <laughs> I'm just covering music, TV, film, and some lifestyle stuff. And now we are here to discuss people of color our black and latino brothers and sisters brothers and sisters in in entertainment
0: yeah basically our podcast is inspired by our blog the hollywood shuffle which is at the com, which is a blog mm-hmm. that we started together kind of to cover the black and latino experience in hollywood and you know i just kind of felt like well i think we both felt like uh the hollywood specific stuff wasn't getting covered in in black and latino media like celebrity stuff you know
1: yep we get okie doked all the time when it comes to roles when it comes to the types of movies that get shine and when it comes to the 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 recognition we get okie doked.
0: yeah and i definitely wanted to like shine the light on some of um black and Latino actors and writers and directors and, and people actually doing good stuff in, in Hollywood that sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, get bypassed for the bigger stars and all that stuff. So that's, that was the reason for the blog. Um, the podcast is we get a lot of opportunities to talk to some of these folks, but neither of us really have time to like uh, write and transcribe interviews and all that stuff to, post them on the website so we're hoping that uh, maybe we can do that with a podcast and just record our conversations with these actors and actresses writers directors and stuff so they can uh, Mm
1: -hmm. you know
0: talk about their projects you know yep so um so so you guys can get to know us a little bit more uh star who have you written for
1: so i've written for vibe double xl jet magazine um Pretty much like all the urban publications. um, I've done Complex. And I even worked at BET where I did copy for, online copy for some of their TV shows like um, 106th and Park, Being Mary Jane. Being Mary Jane was really fun. Um, But yeah, that is pretty much me in a nutshell. I have a personal blog, GangstarGirl.com. And then of course, The Hollywood Shuffle. So you can find me. I'm in the interwebs.
0: So you're in Brooklyn, New York. Did you are you from Brooklyn or is that where you grew up?
1: No. I'm actually um from Harlem. And what's funny is people who are from New York, they look at the boroughs like it might they like they might as well be like new states. So all the people I know, a lot of people I know from Harlem, they're like, I'm a traitor. <laughs> so, but yeah, so I grew up in Harlem um, when I was about 16, moved to the Bronx, then of course off to college. And then shortly after coming home from college, I just like uh, started hanging out a lot in Brooklyn. And then I just ended up living here. I mean, I've, I've had family here growing up, so it's not like I was completely unfamiliar, but um, you know, I've just always liked Brooklyn. And so this is where I ended up as an adult. So right now I'm in Flatbush.
0: So I'm Panamanian. I was born in Panama, but my family came to the United States when I was really young. So I basically grew up in America. Most of my growing up happened in Denver, Colorado. That's where I went to high school, Mm. elementary school, high school, college. But after... uh, How
1: old were you when you came here?
0: Oh, I was little had to be probably like mm-hmm. three or something, you know? Uh,
1: okay, so you don't remember.
0: Yeah, I don't remember much. Um, but yeah, I, I grew up in Denver, Colorado, but within the past few years, I moved out to Los Angeles. So I'm in Los Angeles right now. Um, mm-hmm. I am currently a video game journalist, so I cover uh, a lot of the stuff in the video game industry. Uh, the website I write for is GameCrate.com. So if you're into video games, check out GameCrate.com because it's uh, we have fun doing that. But prior to that, I was mostly a music journalist. I got my start with SoHH.com, which is um, a hip hop site, and I started the the hip hop daily news there, which was the first uh, hip hop website to have like daily news every single day. So um, I'm a, I'm a blog father. <laughs> blog father <laughs> um so i was there for a number of years and uh, after i left sohh.com i joined africana.com covering you know music and and entertainment mostly in the in the urban space if you want to call it that and then they got bought out by aol and it turned into black voices mm-hmm. so i was doing black voices for a while covering sports um kind of like the sports and entertainment intersection there and um and then of course i freelance for like everybody i've done stuff for vibe um rhyme magazine mm-hmm. when that was still around uh, a lot of local stuff in denver like the denver post and westward and all that stuff so um yeah that's that's basically where i'm at so we've both been covering okay. entertainment for a number of years
1: mm-hmm. we got receipts
0: we got receipts you can google us and find out <laughs> see our archives
1: <laughs> Oh yeah. Whether we've been writers, we've been editors, we've yeah, we've we we have a well rounded uh portfolio.
0: Right. So we named the site the Hollywood Shuffle and the podcast the Hollywood Shuffle. We named it after one
1: of our favorite movies by Robert Townsend called Hollywood Shuffle. Mm-hmm. And if Actually his movie is not the his movie is just Hollywood Shuffle, right? Yeah. And we added the just to kind of add a little twist to it.
0: Right. So if you haven't seen the movie, it's about it stars Robert Townsend, who's a black actor, and he's trying to make it in Hollywood. And this is like this was done in the eighties. So
1: mm-hmm. it the And it still applies today.
0: Yeah, and the it's a comedy and it kind of just kinda of takes aim at all the stereotypes that black actors and just actors of color in general face when they're trying to make it in Hollywood and it's uh really hilarious.
1: Hmm. And I think um, and Ivory Wayans co-wrote it. He or like him and Robert Townsend and Keenan Ivory Wayans like co-wrote it or something like that. Mm-hmm. Let me look that up for sure. I don't want to uh, be spitting wrong information. Um, but just to echo what what Kibion was saying, it, it's a it's a it's a funny movie, and it, it definitely still applies today. <laughs> it it's it's sad that it still applies today, but it does
0: let me play a clip uh, in this clip uh, Robert Townsend is in for an audition and uh, he's sitting there practicing his lines and there he has another uh, actor there uh, with him so here let me play this so you can hear it real quick turkey
1: this is bullshit oh, what this is bullshit
0: What are you talking about? This is some more the white man stereotype of a black man. Yeah, brother. Really? Yeah, brother. Only an Uncle Tom would do this shit. They just looking for somebody to sell out. Sell out? The only role they gonna let us do is a slave, a butler, or some street hood or something. Don't sell out, <laughs> brother. Don't be a butler or a slave.
1: Jesse Wilson. Jesse Wilson, you're next.
0: That's me. Good luck, brother. <laughs> so that's that. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> A slave or butler of street hood, right?
0: <laughs> right. And if you kind of look at the award seasons and who's kind of winning awards these past few years, you know, the kind of characters. Exactly. And no offense to the work that actors have put in, but it's, you know, it's it's... You know, you can't deny it. It's kind of hard to deny that.
1: Let me, even, like, taking it to, to Raji P. Henson's speech, right, at the Golden Globes, she was kind of shady in her in her speech because she said it, you know, she was like, of all the roles that I've played, particularly the one that she played, um, I think, in Benjamin Button, you know, she was just like, this is the one that I won an award for. And it to me, I took it as that was, like, twofold for her. It was... It was a joyous occasion to win the award to be recognized for her work and for her art. But then it's like, damn, I get this award for probably a role that takes the least the least work or that showcases the least range in terms of her being cooking. Now, don't get me wrong. I think Cookie's a great character, but um, she 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 does kind of fall into that whole stereotypical range of characters that we're allowed to play. Right. so I, I thought that was interesting with her speech
0: yeah and uh, you know you kind of look at some of the awards the like the Oscar awards that have been awarded to black actors like within the plat- past few years like Lupita and and uh, uh, Homegirl from the Help I forgot her name you know it's just these
1: yeah uh, Viola Davis right no not Viola the other one
0: Tavia Spencer I t- yeah, and uh, you kind of look at the roles and you're like, Ugh. you know, it just it doesn't sit well, <laughs> you know. But like, yay, you know, they're getting recognized for their awesome work and stuff. But at the same time, you know, the the roles are just kind of, you know, eh.
1: Right, right. And and uh, um, just real quick. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, uh, Keenan Ivy Williams actually did co-write the Hollywood Shuffle, or, sorry, he co-wrote Hollywood Shuffle with Robert Townsend.
0: Yeah, and there's a lot of actually, and he's in the movie too, Keenan Ivory Wayans, Damon Wayans is in it, mm-hmm. uh, John Witherspoon is in it. Um, it's really funny. But uh, mm-hmm. I can play another clip. Hold on, let me see if I can find another clip for you guys. Um, this clip, uh, Robert Townsend is kind of fantasizing if he takes this role what would happen if it becomes a success, and uh, I'll just play it, here it goes. The NAACP could picket me, 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 me,
1: me, me, Standing outside the home of Bobby Taylor, a young black actor who took a lead role in a stereotypical movie about street life. The NAACP has picketed this movie, but this is the first time that an actor has ever been picketed. Here to explain is the president of the Hollywood branch of the NAACP, Mr. Jamal Harris. I hope that you're all paid up members of the NAACP Hollywood branch. Thank you. We felt we had to put our foot down by making Bobby Taylor an example. We feel that black actors should not have to accept these stereotyped roles, such as crying slaves, tar babies, tar babies. jungle bunnies. Jungle and I say bunnies. that as long as black actors play these roles. They'll never play the Rambos until they stop playing the Sambos. You used to work with Bobby Taylor. Could you tell me, was he always an Uncle Tom? Yeah. Yes. Always Uncle Tom. Mama, Daddy was Tom. Uncle was a Tom. I think that Bobby Taylor is a two-bit goat-smelling spook, obviously from the Coon Repertory Theater of America. Uh, eat Tom turkeys on Thanksgiving. You ain't gonna be no star, Bobby Taylor. You come back that brown stuff on the tip of your nose. I know you're brown nosing over there. We are out here sweating like niggas going to the election in Georgia because he chooses to buck his eyes, yank on his dick, and pull those raggedy skid mark drawers out of the crack of his black ass. I have nothing else to say about Bobby Taylor. I really thought he was gonna make the right choice, but obviously he didn't. My girlfriends are laughing behind my back. They ask me, does he make those kind of faces in bed?
0: Do you make those faces in bed? Sometimes. The <laughs> funny thing about that scene kind of reminds me of Twitter.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> I can definitely see that. Ex- explain though. I definitely want to hear
0: uh, just your thoughts. I. I- I guess the Stacey Dash incident recently and you know everybody has their little commentary about, you know, what she said and all that stuff and uh mm-hmm. and everybody just going, you know, just like having the mob mentality. Um Right. Seen as hilarious. So that's kinda of what it reminds me of.
1: Mhm. That's actually a perfect analogy, I can see that.
0: <laughs> so switching gears, talking about uh, the Oscars, um Oscar so white, you know.
1: Hashtag Oscar so white.
0: <laughs> what do you think about the call for boycotting?
1: Um. So I think the call, I'm kind of like, y'all been watching the Oscars? Like, I don't know. I mean, the Oscars has always been boring for me. Um, so I can't really say that I uh, I actually watch it. Um, I've actually ever watched it like that. Um, I know that's probably terrible for someone who is in the media, but I honestly, like, there's really nothing in it for me. Like, the the times that I have watched it is probably because of, like, certain nominees, like a Lupita getting nominated or whatever. But um, to answer the question about the boycott, um, I think it's it's relevant. Um, I think Jada Pinkett... In her commentary, she had really, really, really valid points, which is part of why I just don't really—I never really felt the need to watch it. When she said that she, you know, we're like black people are are very dignified people, and she was basically saying that why why do you seek approval in places that don't want you? And I've always felt that felt that way. Um, so it's a valid message. It's a valid point. I just don't know about it coming from Jada Pinkett Smith. Uh, cause it, it just seems disingenuous. Um, uh, she's a good person to get the message out so we can look at the positive in that. But where was she in previous years calling for boycotts? You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's a bittersweet, uh, thing because the message is definitely, I agree with the message. I agree with the points, but looking at the motives behind it for her, I'm kind of like, uh, eh, I don't know. But, um, ultimately I do. No good.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair because uh, you wonder if Jada, if Will didn't have a movie come out this year, if Jada still would have said something. It was still all white nominees, but yeah, um, you know, makes you wonder. But am I? I don't think people should boycott. I don't know. I feel like you know Chris Rock is hosting, and I feel like he's going to say something. He has to say something about yeah. it, and I feel like all the brown and black folks should just show up and show out, you know, be like, we're here and be like supporting Chris. And whenever Chris says something, dissing white folks or something to make them uncomfortable, (laughs) that they should be standing up and cheering. And I want it to be the most uncomfortable kind of event for them ever. You know, Um, that's what I would hope for. That's what I would hope people would do. But I understand. I think Ice Cube made a, a comment like, how can you boycott something if you never participated in the first place? You know, so that's kind of mm-hmm. his commentary. Like, we don't go to that anyway. We don't do, you know, that most of us don't do it anyway. So that right. makes sense, too. So it's just uh, business as usual for some folks. Like, well, I'm, I don't watch it anyway. I don't go to the Oscars anyway. So right, that's that's kind of where I see it. Um But yeah, hopefully, uh, well, they are making some changes to the Academy.
1: Uh, And the president of the Academy is a black woman, which is interesting. (laughs) I mean, it doesn't mean she has as much power as you would think, but I I do find that interesting.
0: Yeah, apparently she's made some uh, sweeping changes to get more women and more uh, uh, people of color in the Academy. So it's a, a more diverse reflection of, I guess, the industry. I'm not... I don't know. I'm interested to see how it works, what changes will be made. So um, it should be.
1: But you know what, too? It doesn't just fall on the academies. Like, it falls on these agents in Hollywood who, like, I've had conversations with with some actors and actresses. Like, I won't put any names out there, but, you know, eventually we'll start to have some of these people on the show so they can give their own testimony. But I've had conversations with, with actors and actresses who would say things like they'd, they'd try to be up for an audition or they would be up for an audition and they'd be told straight up, oh, we're not looking for an urban look. Mm-hmm. But it's like, what do you mean? You know what? Which we know urban is code for black. Um, <laughs> but it's like, <laughs> or you people, right? But like, if if the role, if you're just looking for, I don't know, like say the role calls for a uh, medium build woman age 25 to 30 and it's an action movie, right? She's the lead in an action movie. That doesn't really specify what you're going for, right? But these agents, they know damn well that they're looking for, they want a white woman age 25 to 30 to play the lead. And the minute they see somebody else, they're like, oh, yeah, no, we're not going for that look. And it's like, what do you mean? So there's a lot of like passive-aggressive stuff that happens. So it's not just on the Academy. It's on one... Um, the agents and the casting um, to not be racist um, or not not be looking for a stereotype. Um, it's on us to support projects that we that we know are in a line more with what we want to see more out there, and it's on us to create better art. And not saying that we don't, because I think we do. Like just looking at the Sundance lineup in terms of um, some of the movies out there that support our interests i'm just like where where will these movies be next year when it comes time for the 20 the 2017 oscars oscars you know what i mean so it it there's a lot of factors that play into it and it's not just on the academy
0: yeah i agree um because if you look back at 2015 you look at uh what films were oscar worthy you know starring you know black or brown uh people and there really wasn't that many I I mean I feel like Ryan Coogler got snubbed I think he should have got a a, a director nod for for Mm -hmm. um I haven't seen I I haven't seen Concussion so I can't say anything about Will Smith's performance um I think Idris should have been nominated Um, (laughs) I
1: haven't seen Concussion but his accent was terrible (laughs) I gathered that from the commercials, okay? <laughs> so that could have been a distraction. That that horrible, I guess he was trying to be Evo, that, yeah. that Nigeria. I don't know what it was. But um continue, I'm sorry. And also <laughs>
0: felt like uh Dope. Um should have got maybe a, a screenplay not have you, Did you see Dope?
1: I agree. I did. I liked I liked Dope.
0: And then what else was there? Straight out of Compton. Maybe uh, uh, F. Gary Gray should have got a director So Straight not.
1: out of Compton, yeah. Because I was about to say, like, the people who wrote it were white. Yeah. And they, they did actually get nodded for screenplay. They did, they did. <laughs> so. Um,
0: but I, don't I, know. I can't really think of too many more. I mean, what? The Perfect Guy with Sonal Thane? I mean. <laughs>
1: That was terrible, <laughs> and that's the thing like <laughs> it's like there's never like an in between for us. I mean, I did like um I do kind of miss the nineties like how we used to have like the the brown sugars and the the best mans and stuff like that, um, but now it's more like we either just get something really cheesy, like the perfect guy or like a Tyler Perry flick or. Then we 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 get nodded for like the, the period pieces that are pretty redundant, like the slaves, the slave biopics and the butler biopics and stuff like that. And don't get me wrong, like I think period pieces are still necessary, but it's just like, okay, how many times are we gonna hear this story about this down and out Butler that befriended the magical white person, or what you know, whatever it was. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's so many more stories to tell. Like it's not just about black and white. What about Latinos? What about Asians? What about like there's just so many other other stories that can be told. And with regard to black people, there's more diversity that can be told. Where's the Harriet Tubman biopic? Even though I hear that they're they're working on it or whatever, but you know what I mean. There's a lot more. we need to cover a lot more ground we need to cover
0: right and so it you know it's tough year for latinos i mean okay alejandro enoratu got nominated for the revenant which is an excellent film i i loved it um okay but he's you know he 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 does i i think he's he's talented um Mm -hmm. but i think we are definitely represented more in television than in film i think we are getting a lot more diversity in tv latinos and and black folks um in in good roles too i mean some of my favorite shows are like chicago fire is like one of the most diverse shows on television i love chicago fire of course jane the virgin um Mm -hmm. and You know, shows like that are just, like, uh, a lot more diverse and and tell different stories than, you know, anything that has to do with, you know, thugness or hoodness. Or the stereotypical
1: Latin cat. Like, I don't even, like, there have been attempts, like, I guess, like, by Black directors and Black writers to incorporate um, Mm -hmm. Latinos. And even those attempts are still stereotypical. Yeah. And that irks me. Because, I mean, I grew up, again, I'm from Harlem, so I grew up. Primarily around Puerto Rican, Black people, and Puerto Ricans, and then we moved to the Bronx. We moved to a primarily Dominican neighborhood. So, and just in New York, period, we're around the the Latin diaspora, like for lack of a better word, like so we see the diversity. We're around Afro Latinos. We're around White Latinos. We're around, you know, I see how diverse it is, and that that's definitely that's sorely missing, and so that irks me too. Like when I see the stereotypical depiction of like that spicy Latina Yeah. Kinda of thing. But I do agree with you. <laughs> I, I agree that it's it's getting better on T V, um, for Latinos.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um I, I think it's better on T V all around. I mean, uh you know, you got Empire you got shows like Power and stuff too. Um but then, you know, you had something like Shades of Blue with Jennifer Lopez, which I, kind of, I only saw the first episode, but it looks kind of cool. OK, so
1: okay.
0: I don't know what what other shows do you and um, by the way, for the listeners, we'll probably be talking mostly about scripted shows, not reality shows, even though some of right. that is our guilty pleasures. So we won't be talking much about Love and Hip Hop New yeah. York on here, but um, mostly scripted shows. But what kind of scripted shows do you enjoy, Star?
1: Um. <laughs> Unfortunately, I watch a lot of reality TV, <laughs> but no, um, the types of scripted shows that I really like are like, um, I'm pretty much, I'm pretty diverse. Like I really like the walking dead cause I used to read the comics. Right. Um, so any kind of like, I enjoy, I would say I, I enjoy most things except for like, for whatever strange reason, I'm just not into medical dramas, So no Grey's Anatomy or anything like that. But um, the shows that I watch right now are Walking Dead, Scandal, How to Get Away with Murder, um, Empire. I like them all for different reasons, right? Like, Mm -hmm. um, and even Netflix stuff. Like, so I like Master of None, um, the Aziz Ansari show. And I like them all for different reasons. Um, What has to catch, what has to grab me with the show is that... Oh, I like Blackish. I, I think Blackish is hilarious. Um, so yeah, show the shows grab me for different reasons, um, but I, I need to be grabbed for for something. Like so, for example, like Blackish. I think Blackish is Blackish is hilarious, and it does a good job of speaking to that that like I guess like millennial black experience. Um, I think The Walking Dead, of course, because I, I read the comics and. I'm just so emotionally invested in the show. Like, if a show can get me to feel... Like, if I'm upset when a character dies, like, that's a good show. (laughs) Um, What else? Um, Aziz Ansari's Master of None, I like it just because it's situational. It kind of follows that, like, Seinfeld um, model of really being about nothing. Um, Empire, I like it because I just can't look away from it. It's cheesy. (laughs) I get that. (laughs) But <laughs> it's super that's cheesy. what it's supposed to be. It's a soap opera. That's probably the only soap opera. Well, you know what? No, I like Devious Maze. I'm not even going to lie. I like Devious Maze. So, the two soap operas of the bunch, Devious Maze and um, Empire, they're both cheesy, but I can't look away. Like, there's still a, a shock value there and like interesting storylines that keep me <laughs> watching, even if it's predictable, right? Um, scandal and How to Get Away with Murder. I like the suspense factor. Um, I think now more so with "How to Get Away with Murder" than "Scandal," and then of course the actors. I love Viola Davis. Mm-hmm. Um, with Blackish, I love Tracy Ellis Ross. So, but you get it.
0: You yeah, get it. The Walking Dead is one of my favorites too, and that's also one of the more diverse shows uh, on television mm-hmm. right now too. And um, mm-hmm. man, Devious Maids—that was, that was a tough one when it was announced because. I remember, because, um, you know, the premise is just really offensive. Uh, like, mm-hmm. all right, these maids are devious and they're all Latina and all that stuff. But once you mm-hmm. watch the show, it's not what you would think. It's not. It's not maybe, right. Well, maybe Dania's character a little bit, maybe the first season, oh. you know, the the illegal that's, you know, trying to get her son over the border or whatever and all that stuff. But right. um, But it's not as stereotypical as people might think. Um, I stayed on for you know, two seasons. I mean mm-hmm. I watch these shows just so I can judge judge them. So it's not like yeah, yeah, yeah. Um not like I enjoy them all the time. I mean, Divas Maze isn't my type of show, but I watched it for two seasons just to see how it how it goes and how they were doing and stuff. And um
1: right.
0: Yeah, it's not it's not as bad as people think it is. And same with um Border Town, uh, which is uh a new show that is from seth mark mcfarlane and uh and some of his uh, oh, wow. team that kind of talks about a border town and it has you know mexican characters and white characters and kind of the drama that ensues between them and a lot of uh, latino uh, people were kind of worried about you know stereotypes uh being negative stereotypes being promoted on that show too and that isn't as bad as people thought either i mean of course you're gonna have some critics of course maybe some things will make you cringe but it really is kind of funny so um you i would suggest people check out shows watch shows before the you know they criticize them because they blackish had some criticism too before that even aired right
1: Oh, yeah, there are people, people, yeah, people are like, oh, it's still stereotypical, or that's the whole, it plays off of stereotypes, but no, I think it makes jokes out of the stereotypes, like, it's basically about this, um, upwardly mobile black family, and not even upwardly mobile, like, they're set, like, they have money, um, they're not necessarily rich, but, um, Like the the wife is a surgeon and then the husband is like this big time ad executive, right? So it's just about how they've basically achieved the American dream, but they're still black and they still have that whole like duality thing going on that we sometimes have in terms of, I guess, like uh, blending in or, or assimilating, but then also staying true to, I guess, your roots or, you know, being proud of who you are at the same time. And they even have moments where they play off of, like, generational stuff. So, like, Anthony Anderson's character, he basically... He didn't grow up with money the way his kids do. His kids are are straight. Like, you know, they go to private school. They um, they don't really want for anything. But his wife, on the other hand, she's biracial. And so she kind of grew up, like, her mom was, like, a, like a hippie, kind of. But she also kind of grew up spoiled. So they kind of play off of that. And then they play off, like... Anthony Anderson, um, he sometimes he wants his kids to be exposed to certain things that he was exposed to, or like I'm trying to think of a good example. Um, there was an episode where he wanted his daughter to go to Howard, and she wasn't necessarily not she wasn't she wasn't sure where she wanted to go, but she was leaning toward. Maybe not an HBCU, like she was thinking about Brown, maybe, yeah. and that was the mom's alma mater. So like stuff like that, like they that they play off of, that um that I think is funny, that it can be funny. And like they talk about like being the only black person in a sea of white people, and how you might you might finally see another black person, and y'all kind of like look at each other like you know. <laughs> so I I don't think it's stereotypical. I think um it. Like it, it makes jokes out of the stereotypes, but in, in a way that you that's to me, that's very understandable and relatable. I think everyone can kind of relate to that in, in a sense.
0: Right. Um, that's kind of how Border Town is. It, it jokes on the on the stereotypes that people have around Mexicans and immigrants and Latinos as a whole and stuff. And it's pretty funny. But uh, Diane from Black, the, the little girl who plays Diane from is she's actually from uh, Denver and i know i know some of her peoples so we're gonna see if we can try to get her on the show in the future so i love her
1: i love her character actually
0: (laughs) she's a favorite so um Mm -hmm. i guess that's probably about it for now i mean we i think we want to keep the shows about an hour this first show is you know Mm -hmm. a cool 30 minutes or so just as an introduction and hopefully the future ones will be a bit longer. Um, so I guess we're going to post this probably on our website, of course, com. Mm-hmm. Make sure you guys check it out. We try to update it as much as we could, but, you know, both of us have busy lives, so we are not consistent as you we'd like to be. We still got some good stuff on there, so we suggest you check it out. And hopefully we'll uh, Definitely. be where all other podcasts be, so... Follow me on Twitter. I'm Q underscore Salazar, S-A-L-A-Z-A-R.
1: And I am Gangstar Girl. It's Gang, G-A-N-G, star with two R's, girl, G-I-R-L. Twitter and Instagram.
0: (laughs) Word. All right. We'll we'll catch you guys next time. Peace out. Peace.